The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, March 15th, if you're listening to the pod. Uh, Sunday, March 14th, if you are streaming the pod with us on YouTube, you can come out and hang out uh, for the live chat if you're so inclined. We've got to start a little bit later than normal. Uh, Ryan Wilson is joining me. Had a bunch of things he was doing around the house, but you know what? You got to do You got to do what you got to do, Wilson, and I am not bothered by you taking care of putting your family before this podcast. I will say I've known you since 2007 and now you're at the point when I scold you. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And you just move on. We don't have to talk about it. And yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I felt bad. I was late. Um, I think it's, it's, you know what the, you know what the problem I, for me is in reality, the adjustment to don't say daylight savings. Time. No, 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 no. The adjustment to post Super Bowl Sunday podcast gets oh, yeah. me every year. Because you're used to like it's you were podcast at Sunday at midnight, mm-hmm. and um, I'll be honest, like the podcast. I mean, obviously the podcast is on my radar because it's daily, but it wasn't like, you know, I was doing, having a nice walk with my son, my dog. It's beautiful weather here. How's the weather up in uh, wherever you live? Well, it's funny before you showed up while you were walking George and and Robbie. I had to take my nine-year-old to uh, urgent care because he fell. <laughs> He's clumsy. He fell down in the, in the front yard uh, in the driveway yesterday over the weekend. And hyperextended his fingers. And he, like, he has the lowest tolerance for pain of anyone you'll ever meet. You'll hit him with a pillow and he'll say, ow. So I didn't take it seriously. And then it said it hurt on Sunday morning. So I spent the morning uh, driving to urgent care. He's fine. But there was literally a blizzard. I, I could not see. The visibility was probably 40, oh my God. 40 feet. So that's what I did for the first few hours of Sunday morning. Well, no wonder you're in such a great mood. Um, yeah. you, know, you know what would make you feel better? A little Reptor juice. That's right. What is that? Uh, a nice little IPA from 26 Acres Brewing in Concord, North Carolina. Shout out Cabarrus County. Nice, Cabarrus. Um, you know how to say Concord in Massachusetts, the town there? Concord? Concord. Concord, yeah. I'm sure that they appreciate that. Uh, anyway. the, uh, hold, what's the alcohol volume on that bad boy? Let me guess. Uh, 6-2 probably. Oh, that might be a good guess. 7-2. Seven, 7-2. Two, seven, two. Woo! Happy Sunday. Yeah, indeed. I just grabbed something out of the fridge. I bought this at the store the other day. Anyway, um, on this episode, Mock Draft 5.0 in the feed, a mailbag. And we answer questions that you guys leave 
for us on Apple Podcasts. So if you have a question about a team, a player, free agency, the offseason, anything, go leave said question on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and we will answer your question. Also coming up, daily free agent recaps. That's right. The NFL season starts, the NFL free agent season starts today, Monday. And we'll be coming, we've been coming at you early mornings for years now, but just for this week, we're going to release evening recaps around free agency. So be looking for those. Uh, and we would also like you, you know, it's free agent season. That means it's also March Madness. We'd love for you to compete with us in a bracket challenge game. I'll be in there. Wilson will be in there. Breach will be in there. Probably no Prisco. Or no somewhere Prisco. no Prisco, as some around the company like to say. Prisco probably won't be in there, but we want you to join us too. Uh, and if you go to cbsports.com slash pick six brackets, that's cbsports.com slash pick six brackets, the winner gets a prize. Who enters just one pool? You can also create a group to compete against friends. They'll let you bracket for a chance to win a Nissan Rogue and a trip to the 2022 Final Four. Play with us on the CBS Sports app or at cbsports.com slash pick six brackets. Debo, do we know what said prize might be? Uh, I can't confirm or any prize right now. It's in the works. Uh, the pick six prize will not be a Nissan Rogue. I can confirm that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wondered, is it something that like, it's like only like a podcast listener would like, or is it like cash? Could be some swag, could be some cash, um, gift card. It's it's up in the air right now. But uh, you know, if you if you're interested in pick six swag, stay tuned for a potential announcement on that. I was just gonna put you on the spot, Debo, because we talked about it on the company meeting last week about the pick six swag. I have yet to see any. Uh, just as Brinson said to see any of the CBS swag because he can't answer. Unbelievable! Email. Somebody give me some CBS swag. So I'm looking forward to the pick six swag. Yeah, uh, Pixix store. What a world that would be if they gave us a store for our... Ooh. You can buy a t-shirt with Brenton's face on it. What a world. Tell us, tweet us, five-star review, something that you would want to see from the Pixix universe on a t-shirt, for example. A, a saying, a photo, something like that. Let's let's get creative and, and involve the Pixix listeners here because there might be a chance to, uh, you know, base some stuff off listener suggestions. Wow, that would be cool. All right. Let's get to the podcast, and we start not with Wilson's mock draft, although that's what we're gonna we're gonna revolve this podcast around, but with the news that free agent running back, I was calling him Jerry Jones, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers has signed a four-year, forty-eight million dollar contract to remain in Green Bay. The Packers we thought didn't have a ton of cap space, didn't have a ton of room to maneuver. Um, you know, they they let they didn't use the franchise tag on Jones, but were able to bring him back for twelve million dollars a year, which slots him in the top the second tier of running backs in terms of contracts. Christian McCaffrey makes sixteen million a year, Alvin Kamara fifteen million, Zeke Elliott fifteen million, and then Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry twelve and a half, and Joe Mixon twelve. And after that, there's a steep drop off to Kenyon Drake at eight four eight. So really, um, and I guess actually that was uh, Kenyon Drake on a on a single year deal with that franchise tag, but you get the point. Um, so it's rarefied air. He's a running back who got twelve million dollars plus to in in twenty twenty one. That's good. That's that's good news. So we'll see the breakdown of the full contract. But this is a major win for the Packers, I think, Wilson, and a major win for more specifically Aaron Rodgers to be able to bring back a key weapon for them. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus, as you noted, tweeted that that Jones took less, though, right? Yeah, uh, that's what it, I mean. That that maybe that's what Rosenhaus is supposed to say. But it is interesting because over the uh, before the weekend, uh, there were reports that the expectation was that 
if Aaron Jones was going to get paid, it would be for less than double digit millions. So less than 10 mm. million. So he cleared that by a large hurdle. Also worth noting, you almost called him Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones running back in high school. And when he went to Arkansas, uh, I think and also, played. also famous for overpaying running backs. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He said he did play. He did play football at Arkansas. He was a co-captain of the 64 national championship football team according <laughs> to Wikipedia. But anyway, so not Jerry Jones, although, um, I would like to see him as a running back in today's NFL just for fun. But so here's the thing. So you mentioned the salary cap situation and they drafted AJ Dillon last year, in the second round, as opposed to getting a wide receiver. We talked about that. The only other running back on that roster with uh, anything close to uh, a handful of snaps was Dexter Williams. Yep. And he, he's had seven career ru- rushes, I believe. So they had to do something. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you can certainly draft a running back, but you're not going to draft anyone better than Aaron Jones. But then again, you did take AJ Dillon last year. So what are you doing? And you could use that money, by the way, to get my boy, Will Fuller, which now gets a little more difficult. Well, or you could ask the question if you, it, now it looks like, did you really need to draft A.J. Dillon in the second round? If your plan was to pay Aaron Jones, and it, I'm fine paying Aaron Jones. I don't like paying running backs, but Aaron Jones is way more dynamic, way more explosive in the passing game than A.J. Dillon. Uh, he's a red zone beast, has a, just a nose to the end zone, and has been a huge weapon for Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers. And to me, bringing him back is not a crazy endeavor, particularly if, and I, w- I would assume this happens once we see the financials, it's probably a two or three year deal that the Packers can get out of if they want to. But Jones doesn't have a ton of tread on his tires. I just sort of want, I mean, maybe it's so much, maybe it's one of those things where they feel like they need a, com- a com- you know, back a committee back or whatever. And they want AJ Dillon to be their closer. And Jamal Williams is going to be out in this spot. I-, I guess that could, that could make some sense, but, um, but it's you know, 12, 12 million though. I mean, you talk about like, well, like they, they, if you're going to sp- pick one of the two, Spend the twelve million on the running back, or yeah. draft the running back in the second round. Don't do both. That that's right, because Dalvin Cook and and Derrick Henry aren't sort of part of a committee. They're yeah. the they're the guys you lean on. So, and Joe Mixon for that matter, although he, he struggled to stay healthy. I I, get, I know I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is happy about it, but I would imagine he wants a, a receiver at some point. I don't know if he's ever going to get it. Yeah, I mean maybe they'll draft. Well, it's just the combination of Jordan Love and and. <laughs> AJ Dillon. So it just feels and, and they took a tight end in the third round after taking Jay Sternberger the year before. It just feels a little redundant and unnecessary at this point. Um and it has for a while, but it feels even more so that way. Uh, they're winning. Given, yeah. They're, they're winning. Yeah. It's hard to hard to get mad at them. Uh so you you don't likely have the Packers taking a uh No, a, I never have I've, in the first round. I've always had them taking either like a wide receiver or usually defense. There you go. Okay, well let's uh, let's dive in and find out exactly what you have in the mock draft. More importantly, this is really your first trade mock draft, isn't it? Uh, I think this is the most extensive trade mock draft I've done. I've done a few, but well, you've Chris, had you've had mock drafts with trades, but this is like your first trade heavy mock draft. Yeah, Prisco uh, did his second mock draft last week, and he had one trade, so I, I had to at least. Uh, exceed one trade. I think I ended up having had two and maybe three, depending on which version I sent to Debo. So you have to check in, check in this podcast and then check the website uh, on Monday and see if I got even crazier. Well, uh, what was the, uh, the big trade was the 49ers trading up to number three. With the Dolphins, it. they get 12, 103 and a 2022 first rounder. Who are they chasing? T- chasing a little Justin Fields. Mm. Do you like Justin Fields in that offense? 
Yeah, I, I love him in that offense. People say Trey Lance in that offense. I think he would be good too. But the thing about Trey Lance, and you know, we've said this to her blue in the face, just hasn't played a lot of football. And um, Justin Fields, I think I'm, I think we were talking about this with Emory, or I was talking about this with Emory on on Ace Q. But the thing, we're at the point of the season uh, in the pre-draft season where people are going to find something to hate about everybody. So, <laughs> you know, people are nitpicking Justin Fields. People aren't saying that much about Trevor Lawrence. But I just think they moved on from him. But a year ago, people had concerns with Joe Burrow for whatever reason. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I like Justin Fields a lot. And the thing is, he's played one fewer year of college football than Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence had his issues early on in the sophomore season. We've talked about that. And I think if Justin Fields has another year, he's going to be a fantastic player. And I think if you're looking for someone to get the most out of a player, whatever offensive position it plays, you start with Kyle Shanahan and the next guy up is Sean McVay. So uh, if they're not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo, and it doesn't sound like they are just based on the reports we've seen, and you can roll with Jimmy G for one more year and then get Justin Fields out there full-time in 2021. I would imagine you will find – or 2022. I'd imagine you find ways to get him on the field in 2021 as well because he's a good athlete. And, you know, we saw sort of that with Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco uh, during his first year in the Ravens. Um, memorably, Joe Flacco throwing all those medicine balls to, to Lamar Jackson who said, look, I'm going to quit trying to catch these things because you're trying to get killed. <laughs> That's right. He's like lining Lamar out wide and like Joe Flacco's like throwing it up in the air towards the defense. Yeah. <laughs> so get to watch out for that, Justin Fields. But yeah, I had them trading up for Justin Fields at number three with the Dolphins. I had the Dolphins trading down to 12. And I had the Dolphins getting, going to 12 and still getting Jalen Waddle. Oh, very impressive. Um, if you're Miami, I think you're, if you're Tua, I think you're happy about the outcome there, right? Yeah. If you're Brian, uh, Brian Flores and, and, uh, Chris Greer, you're happy as well because you trade down, you get Jalen Waddle. This all assumes that Deshaun Watson, you know, isn't in the mix. Although maybe that happens draft day. I don't know. Because at that point you, you, you get another first round pick a 22 first rounder. So you're stockpiling picks. Um, you get a fourth rounder and a first rounder the next year to move down nine spots. You get Jalen Waddell, who's probably the best deep deep receiver in this draft class. You help out Tua in the process. Yeah, I, I think it's a win-win. And you're not in a position where, at number three, you feel obligated to take a wide receiver, which feels sort of high to me. Uh, like, a wide receiver three, how often does that work out? How often is that a home run? I mean, the Falcons traded for Julio Jones with the intentions to win the Super Bowl. They, you could argue they should have won it, obviously, that one year. But it didn't happen. So, And all the people that drafted him have since been fired. So... I mean, the Bengals drafted AJ Green and made the playoffs a bunch. Yeah, then that's that's actually a better example, because um, they didn't have to trade up, and they were truly yeah. terrible football team. They also got Andy Dalton. Well, I mean, up. I just think if you're if you're the Dolphins and you're thinking about taking a wide receiver, the way that this class works with Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle, just to name the top three, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you can tr if you can move down and get an extra first round pick and still get one of those wide receivers, that's the move. Why not? And they did just that. So I would give both of those teams a win there. I don't know how aggressive the 49ers would be. I mean, that's given up a lot to move yeah. up. But I mean, if you buy, I mean, I guess the question is, do you think that Justin Fields will be there at nine or do you need to leapfrog the, the Eagles and the Panthers in order to get that quarterback? And it's, it's entirely possible. It's the latter and you're, you're spot on with this move. Debo, do you believe the reports from, Chris Mortensen, that uh, Jeff Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, wants to build around Jalen Hurts, and that is a sign that they're not taking a quarterback, or is this just smokescreen season because we're getting close to the draft? I'll, I'll buy into it, although everything this offseason kind of has been 
misleading. I think the report is is pretty tied in, so I'll, I'll buy it. Okay, so if that's the case, then the Eagles are out. I actually had them taking Jamar Chase, which I'm guessing Debo probably is okay with if they're rolling with Jalen Hurts. And who, who'd you mention? I mean, there's the Panthers there. Um, there's another trade-up. Is that the one that I included in this one? Yeah, that's the one that I included in this one. I think I added another one after I sent Debo version two. So um, at nine uh, were the Broncos. They could be in the conversation, but I've heard reports that they're not going to draft a quarterback early. Certainly the Cowboys and the Giants aren't going to do it. I I don't know. That's the question. Like I could see five quarterbacks going in the top ten, but that sounds bonkers because that's a lot of quarterbacks to go that high. I know people. Five is so many, but it it's people not... don't love Mac Jones as much as me in the media. But I I've I've talked to I talked to Scott last week who was like I would take Mac Jones over Justin Fields and Trey Lance because he has a higher floor, and that's a concern because like look we're not losing our jobs if we take Trey Lance first overall. No one cares. But I mean, if you're a GM and you're like, all right, I got my job. Dude, if, if you go over 32 on your mock draft, <laughs> nothing happens to your job. I just get last place in the, the mock draft ratings. Right, right, right. Yeah. You'll be mocked internally and like, we'll text about it. But like, you're not, you're not losing your job over a bad mock draft. So I think that's sort of the way you think about the quarterback position anyway, because you can miss on a wide receiver running back or whatever that happens. But the quarterback, that's the most important position. So if you're concerned about Trey Lance because of the lack of experience and you're basically on a one-year deal as a GM, I think you're probably more inclined to roll with Mac Jones because you know what you have. He's a guy with a dad bod that does everything you want him to do. He's just not going to run a 4 5 And I, I think that's, you know, teams by nature are conservative anyway. So I think they're more inclined to roll with someone like that. If you're picking in the top 10 and your team historically sucks. Now, if you're up there, like the Eagles, for example, you're probably more inclined to take someone if you're looking for a quarterback who's more of a wild card because you have that that flexibility, although Doug Peterson might argue with that. I don't yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just it's it's gonna be fast. It, it all depends on how these how these teams outside the top outside really outside Jacksonville va- evaluate these quarterbacks because I don't think we know for sure. And and obviously in your mock draft, you still have uh, the Jets taking Zach Wilson number two overall. That's sort that's and I have you- no idea. And Prisco said that he's heard that there's some disagreement inside the building Correct. about who wants what. It, does, does he was he specific about who's on what side there? Is I don't it, think so. Is it like ownership? Is it? I mean, is it ownership? Is it the coaches versus the GMs? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, I'm not sure. You would imagine that the GM and coach are on the same page, but because Joe Douglas certainly has something to do with Robert Salas hiring, right? That wasn't just hoisted upon hoisted upon him. No, I think it's all Joe Douglas, right? Okay. Because remember, because the Robert Sala hiring happened as as Woody Johnson was coming back and Christopher Johnson was going out. So I would guess it was like Joe Douglas making the moves and then Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson both signing off on it to make sure that everybody was on board. Although Lord only knows that the Jets, it could be, you know, there could be any sort of machination there. Yeah. And that's the other thing that we don't talk a lot about, but it's brought up occasionally um, when you talk to folks is ownership is a huge issue. And, you know, Jimmy Haslam finally got out, got out of the way, and look what that team did. They, yep. I mean, you know, they Andrew Barry they hired, who knows what he's doing. Kevin Stefanski, I don't know, did he win Coach of the Year? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, that was my. Coach we, owe, we owe you some money for that. Yeah, he's my he was my Coach of the Year guy. Haslam finally got out of the way, and things were able to roll. And now, it uh, it, it looks like the Jets are doing that. I, well, I do. Woody I, Johnson I, went to the other side of the world, and it was still a disaster. But I think Adam Gason. And uh, Greg Williams had something to do with that. But Woody's back now and in charge, so it'd be ser- it'd be interesting to see how that dynamic changes. I do think Joe Douglas 
if Joe Douglas is the one actually pulling the shots and all that, I think it's a lot less likely that he is, um, that he's 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 the type. Of, I think it's a lot less likely they trade for Deshaun Watson or tries to. You know, so have you seen Zach Wilson at all? Do you have any familiarity with you? With I would, I, I would, yes, I've seen him, but I would not, I would not want to opine as to my. So I, let me just lay out how, how he looks to me after watching him all season. So he seems to me sort of like coming out. He reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield and a lot of the best parts of Johnny Manziel, both mm. Heisman Trophy winners. One was the first overall pick, obviously, right. but just, just in terms of the college play. So if you're the Jets at number two, and people like to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, but that's that's a bit too much. That's a that's a bridge too far. That's insane, as the grandparents say. But he is he reminds me a lot of Baker, and he's a little more athletic and just as good arm that type of arm strength. So if you're the Jets at number two, you have Sam Darnold two years ago. You don't know what you have in him because who the hell knows what Sam Darnold is at this point? Because well, the, one year to go, right? And, and you then you get, decide this offseason if you want to pick him as fifth year option. Yeah. So if you're at number two, and you get offers for teams to move up. Where where are you at if you're Joe Douglas and Robert Sala? I I mean where where I would be at on this particular situation is that I would r- want to roll with Sam Darnold because we already have something invested in him. And, unless you can get a, if you get a high second round pick for Sam Darnold, then I would probably trade Sam Darnold and take Zach Wilson. But if I can get multiple first round picks for the but second if you overall, trade Sam Darnold for a second round pick or whatever it is, then you have to start Zach Wilson. And are you comfortable starting? Baker May- Mayfield in year one. And it, uh, let's see. So Baker Baker Mayfield set the rookie record for passing touchdowns. I was just trying to say that team was actually better than the Jets team is currently constituted, right? That Browns team? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to point out one more. Oh, your other trade. Sorry. The WFTs trade up to number nine with the, Den- with the Denver Broncos. Denver gets number 1951 in a 2022 third rounder. What was the uh, the impetus for that? Well, I mean, they cut Alex Smith. They got rid of Dwayne Haskins so he could go on to his Hall of Fame career with the Steelers, and they have Tyler, Taylor Heineken in that two-year deal. So that's it. I mean, are you rolling with Taylor Heineke? Are they start, is he starting the season as quarterback? Mm, don't think they want to. Yeah, how much money do they have? I'm not sure how much salary. I think they, they got like $40 million, so they got a ton. Yeah, even, so, after, even after tagging Scherf, they have like 25 or 30, 35 or $40 million. I mean, I could make the – John Breach argument, which I don't hate, which is his argument for every team that needs a quarterback, just sign Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I mean, if you like someone like Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is a souped up version of what they had, excuse me, what they had in RG3 back in the day. I mean, I don't hate it. And you have a quarterback. And in that division with Daniel Jones, um, Jalen Hurts, and uh Dak is back, you know, you might end up having the second best quarterback in year one if Trey Lance advances like you want and he had that defense to lean on. So yeah, that was thinking there. I don't think I've, I've certainly haven't had them traded up in the past. How do you think Trey Lance does from an accuracy, like early on accuracy, quick hitting perspective? He's, he's smart. He's he, he, he runs a, a pro style offense, an offense that ran the ball a ton, which is a concern because he hasn't thrown the ball a lot and he obviously didn't play this year. But he's plenty accurate. And those pro day, he missed some throws. I don't care about that. I mean, it's a pro day. Johnny Manziel wore a helmet, and everyone was gushing about how good he was. <laughs> Think about that. That dude wore a helmet at a pro day, and people didn't even say, hey, that's super weird. And they blasted yeah. rap music. Yeah, it should have been a major <laughs> red flag. Yeah. He's like, yeah. No, Trey Lance looked good at his pro day, and he's big. Like, Justin Fields is a great runner. Trey Lance is probably a better runner. Um, yeah, I love Justin uh, Trey Lance. He has a rifle. I mean, he just didn't play last year. That's it. 
So that there's certainly some projections, but there's no concern about him. Like there were, and I think Ron Rivera made some comments over the weekend about how Dwayne Haskins has to get re reassess what he wants. And by that, it means he's got to be willing to work hard. That's not a concern with Trey Lance. And also, as you've noted in the past, this will be Ron Rivera's guy. Dwayne was Daniel Snyder's guy. Yeah. Huge difference. Um, here, let me tell you real quick. I, this is the other trade that I have in the, the latest version, version three that I didn't send to Debo. I have the Jets trading up from their second round pick at 23 to 14. And they give up because they have a ton of picks and a ton of cap space with the Vikings. And the Vikings get pick number 23, number 66, and 147, which is a third and fifth rounder. And the Jets trade up to 14 after taking Zach Wilson to get Devonta Smith, who's there. They trade up to 14 from 23? Yeah, and get. I mean, I love it. So you get Zach Wilson and Devonta Smith. But that's the thing for the Jets is they have the left tackle and Mackay Becton. Um, I mean, they you have, can draft the tackle, but you don't. No, no, right. no, no, no. But I'm saying like they have a stud. All, that's what future I'm All pro left tackle. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, you have no, you have Denzel Mims. You got who looks like a pretty good burner, and I think Jameson Crowder's still under yeah, contract. He's, he's still there, but that's it. Yeah, but like you got to get an alpha receiver. And, and so I would like to see, and if, if you assume that, um, that, you know, uh, Mike LaFleur, who's the offensive coordinator there is going to be able to run something similar to what Kyle Shanahan, what Matt LaFleur run, then in theory, he's gonna be able to get somebody like Devonte Smith open in space, which is what he did so well in Alabama. So, uh, I, so look at this. So yeah, Jameson Crowder, one more year. Golly, J- James, how much money would you pay Jameson Crowder in 2021? Mm, $8 million. 11.3. I'm fine with that. So Jameson Denzel and all they have otherwise on that roster wide receiver is Josh Dotson, Josh Malone, Braxton Berrios. Right. Okay. That's not good. No. Then a bunch of guys you haven't played who are um, restricted free agents. Okay. Uh, I like, I like that move by the jets. So that's a third trade. You have a third trade in this first round. Yeah. I got crazy. Oh, look at you getting crazy with the cheese with us. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will rip through the rest of Wilson's mock draft. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, so you actually went uh, away from the Bengals taking a tackle for this. This is a rare one for the Bengals. You have them taking Kyle Pitts at number five after the Falcons sniped them and took Panay Sewell at number four. Uh, before we get to the Bengals, though, I am curious. Is there any chance that Rashawn Slater goes ahead of Panay Sewell? That feels like the, the, the hot Twitter take du jour. It could happen. Um, I was actually talking to Scott about Rashawn Slater 
a while ago, towards the end of the season. He did, he opted out, but he liked him more as a guard or a center because of mm. short arms. And I think I haven't seen what his short arm his measurements are, but I think he's going to have like 33 inch arms, which people get fired up about. So there's a chance that he does go for, I mean, that was just one, one scout that I was talking to. It just, you know, it certainly varies person to person, obviously team to team. I like Panay Sewell better than I like Rashawn Slater. Number two, I know Pete likes Darisaw out of Virginia tech. I think that's yeah. his number two guy behind uh, Sewell. I've, I've talked to scouts that like Elijah bear Tucker number two, but um, again, do you want him to play guard or tackle? I think he, he had to kick out the tackle after Austin Jackson left to, to when he was drafted by the, the dolphins. Uh, Bear Tucker did for USC, and he blew. He he would dominate. It, it was I was I watched him again the other day against Oregon, and people talk about that Oregon game is a bad game for him because uh, here's the name. Uh, what's Thibodeau's first name? Thibodeau, their edge rusher, who's going to be a be draft eligible next year. He's he's a dude. Okay. And um, people are like, oh, he got the best of Elijah Bear Tucker. First of all, they threw the ball 52 times, and I think Thibodeau won maybe two or three of those snaps when they were matched up against each other. I love the way he played. And you see sometimes guards have to play tackle in emergency situations and it doesn't go well. You never would have known that he was a guard given the way he played. But anyway, so there's like four guys right there that could certainly be in the mix as number one or number two. Um, So that's the long answer. I like Rashawn Slater, number two. I like him outside, but I mean, the versatility of him kicking inside is also something teams will, will probably find attractive. In this scenario where the Bengals do not take an offensive lineman, have they addressed it in free agency, or is that simply Kyle Pitts is the best option? Yeah, no, that's right. So I wrote the Bengals would love to get an offensive line uh, lineman here, but they have a ton of cap spacing to do that during free agency. And I've also had them taking Panay Sewell a bunch of times, and the pick before that, the Falcons, I've had them taking the quarterback a bunch of times. I don't know. It's, I mean, we've talked about I'm, this. I'm telling you, I don't think Atlanta's drafting a quarterback right. this year. If he's playing for two more years, Matt Ryan, then you don't draft a quarterback unless you're Jordan Love and, and the Packers. So I had them taking Panay Sewell. Now they have some offensive linemen there. Uh, let me see what I wrote because I actually talked about it. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, the Falcons have four offensive linemen under contract who took NFL snaps last season. And But keep reading. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, right. So um, the two guys, Caleb McGarry, didn't have a great year last year, according mm-hmm. to advanced metrics. Chris Listrom's a guard. They both drafted. They drafted both those guys the first round two years ago, and he had a really good season. Um, they still have uh, Matthews, so you can move some things around if you want to make the offensive line better. Because I mean, my lasting memory of Matt Ryan the last few years is him just getting absolutely browbeaten. He's been getting destroyed on the offensive line. Like the whole point of Lindstrom and McGarry, and they traded back up. They took McGarry first, then traded back up to get Lindstrom. And the whole point of those two guys was that the Falcons were trying to set it up where they could run the ball effectively, protect Matt Ryan, and they haven't been able to do it. And so if you can improve that offensive line, if you can make the offensive line better, if you can keep Matt Ryan healthy, your defense probably isn't going to be very good. Now, Dean, I mean, Dean, like Dean Pease gets the most out of defenses. I think that's a great pull by Arthur Smith to get him out of retirement, but you're asking a lot for that Falcons defense from a personnel perspective with the cuts that they're going to have to make to be able to be effective. So if you want to win football games, you need your offense to be good. And that means keeping Matt Ryan upright. And if you keep Matt Ryan upright, he can have a great season. There's no reason why he can't. So I I have no problem with that, especially if you think, you know, Panay Sewell can play right tackle to start. Jake Matthews, you know, is not is not a spring chicken. Um, and and so then eventually you can move him over to the left side. So I, I don't I don't mind that setup at all. 
Yeah, so uh, I've had quarterback going there, and I've never been crazy about it. Again, they could—they're a candidate to trade down. I've had them taking Kyle yeah. Pitts. They only have Hunter Henry on the, uh, under contract. That's the only tight end they have right now. So Falcons fans, you mean um, not Hunter Henry, right? Uh, Hayden Hurst. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Falcons fans get angry. We have Hayden Hurst. I'm like, yeah, he's got one more year left. Yeah, it's like you. The Ravens dumped him for a second round pick to you guys. Like, stop it. He's not. And look, I had Kyle Pitts going as the first pass catcher, the first receiver, quote unquote, to the Bengals. I love the idea of Joe Burrow wearing him out in the middle of the field. Uh, if yep. you're a Bengals fan, uh, I know again, and you just fix off the line of free agency, which is probably potentially more stable. Uh, although Trent I mean, you're, you're asking a lot for a rookie uh, rookie tackle to come in and just protect Joe Burrow with no real help right. around him. I mean, there's, at least, o- there's only one jo- Tristan worse and that, you know? Yeah. And even he, they messed up and he was the third guy that got taken in terms They're, of the, exactly. Uh, you have the Panthers taking Mac Jones. Why do you? Why are you obsessed with this? Uh, JJ, who also who lives in Charlotte, he's not a Panthers fan, but he's uh, Charlotte. I grew up a Panthers fan. Resident, probably. I don't know if he likes you know to talk about that because he's a Capital J journalist. Um, who as I I'm, don't think he cares. He's always it, tweeting about his his love for the Tar Heels and MJ. So whatever. Oh yeah. By the way, he's wearing. Uh, he's on HQ as we record this, talking about the Aaron Jones deal. He's wearing a burgundy. Um, members only jacket with CBS Sports and Brody <laughs> Yeah, he got that for the his first Super Bowl, I think. What? Like, who's his agent? Um, yeah, so I <laughs> obviously I love Mac Jones more than just about anyone in the media. I'm okay with that. It's one of those things. No, I think you should I think you should be louder about it, honestly. And so and this is what I've been saying for a few weeks. Matt Rule and that coaching staff, they were the coaching staff at the senior bowl with Mac Jones on that roster. So they saw him up close to the personal. For those three practices, he didn't play in the game because I think he hurt his ankle. But they also were the the Trey Lance Pro Day last week. So they're obviously kicking the tires on all the quarterbacks, and I get that. But like I mentioned earlier, Mac Jones has a high floor. And Matt Rule is probably the exception. He ain't getting fired. They just hired Scott Fitterer. I don't think he's getting fired after one year for missing on a quarterback. So maybe they could they could be more um, – take more of a chance uh, on one of these guys who has a, a much higher ceiling. but perhaps a lower floor at the quarterback situation uh, position. But I, I just, um, I like the Mac Jones fit. It gets him inside the top 10, which he may not go there. I'm okay with that. But if he ends up being good in three years, I'll still feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with Mac Jones, if you're a Panthers fan or if, if you're the Panthers, is that Mac Jones, they, they have Teddy Bridgewater, who's a you know high floor, low ceiling guy. Right. So it's like, do you want to replace... I don't know if that gets Panthers fans pumped up. That would no, no, I, I would imagine it doesn't. Like, I don't think Mac Jones, Mac Jones doesn't get from from what I read on Twitter with angry people tweeting at me. Anything above fifteen is too high for Mac Jones. Like bottom half of the first round, people are seemingly more uh, better uh, suited to to accept that. Yeah. Uh, so buyer beware, guys. I think Mac Jones is a buyer beware guy. You'd like Mac Jones. So you, I put him on my list. He's on. Okay. See, I was confused by that. So he is on your list. He is on my list, but then I said I'm only putting this on on the list because I know people want it. But this is why I love Mac Jones. So he's not he is not a buyer beware for you, right? It's but just, he is on. You are you are telling you're like selling him to the Panthers and telling them to be panicked that they are buying him. No, I'm telling the the reader and the listener. I understand that you don't like Mac Jones. Okay, so I, I got you. Put him on this list, but just know. Also, for the person too lazy to read the the the, the whole story, they go, oh. This guy's afraid of Mac Jones, so it's okay. So I'm covering my bases. CYA, baby. 
Very impressive. That's some capital J journalism for you. you uh, another guy that is in your first round that is on your buyer beware list, Tyson Campbell, who's going number 28 to the Saints overall. Yeah, I love Tyson Campbell. He's 6'2". I think he's in his pro day yet. 185, which is incredibly thin. But um, he plays with loose hips, to use the the scouting term. I was actually talking to BMAC about this because his teammate at Georgia, Eric Stokes, ran a 4-2 something at the Fort Lauderdale Pro Day that be um, that Prisco and, and Tom, uh, Tom Brady, Brady Quinn were at, which is bonkers. But he is I don't think he's as good a player as Tyson Campbell. The issue for, for BMAC, and it's a fair one, is that Tyson Campbell didn't make a ton of plays in terms of generating turnovers, but he was always near the ball, and I think he's going to get better. So uh, I like him. Um, but there's no track record of him crushing it turnover-wise. But that's something that can change. Okay. And also on your list, who did not make the first round, Gregory Rousseau. Yeah, this is the first time in 28 mock drafts that I don't think he's been in the first round. And the thing is, it could simply be a case of out of sight, out of mind. Um, the guy who replaced him or took his number, at the very least, didn't replace him because he opted out. At the U was Jalen Phillips, and Jalen Phillips looks like a defensive end. Um, Gregory Rousseau, he's skinny, like lower body-wise, he has skinny legs, so that means he has to gain weight. A lot of his sacks came sort of rushing on on stunts to the inside, which is something he won't do a lot of in the NFL and have success at. And he's raw. He's a wide receiver, um, just recently converted in the last few years. So there's a chance he falls out of the first round. It's funny, though, because, you know, in August he was a top-five pick, he wasn't the next Chase Young, but he was going to be the next edge rusher drafted first. Uh, and now, realistically, uh, I think he's a 25 to 35 guy in terms of where he's taken. Uh, and also on the list of buyer beware guys, Rondell Moore, who did not make it in your first round. I, I would guess that Moore didn't make it in your first round because you like Kyle Pitts goes five to the Bengals and then your first wide receiver off the board was Jamar Chase at six. Your next one, as we mentioned, uh, in that trade down by the Dolphins is Jalen Waddell. And so, like, once you have that sort of trickle down of, of, of wide receivers, Rashad Bateman goes at 27, that's how Rondell Moore falls out of the first round, right? Or do you just not think he's a first-round caliber talent? No, he's definitely a first-round caliber talent. The issue is he's only played seven games the last two years. Mm. He's 5'9", about 180. He had a 42-inch vertical on uh, Twitter. He tweeted out a few weeks ago. Uh, he's insanely quick, but when you look at those numbers, like he's a sub four four guy. Um, when you look at forty two inch vertical or like north of thirty eight inch vertical, um, less than four four or four four, let's say four four five, and you're five nine. The only player in the last twenty years that's crushed it as as a first or second round pick is Steve Smith. Uh, Steve Smith mm. was actually a third round pick, I think. You're Steve yeah. Smith, not, not the other Steve Smith. Yeah, not the one from uh, play the Giants to play for the, the US, Giants. Yeah, the USC guy. But in terms of why he fell out of the first round, so here's the deal. So um, let's see. The Dolphins could have taken him at 18, but in this draft, I had them trading down to getting Jalen Waddell. The Bears could take him at 20. I love him there, but they don't have a quarterback. Um, the Steelers could take him, but they desperately need offensive line help. The Ravens could take him because they need wide receivers, but you don't need another wide receiver like Hollywood Brown. You need a big target, so he didn't go there. The Saints, could he would fit perfectly in New Orleans, but uh, I got them defensive help. And the Chiefs could certainly use another Tyreek Hill 2.0, but I mean they just cut both their offensive tackles, so I had them pick an offensive lineman. Yeah, and they've got uh, Michael Hardman there. Yeah, they do need help at wide receiver. I feel like Andy Reid can find the wide receiver help. That, you know, that's like Kelsey Hill, Michael Hardman, 
in Sammy Watkins, he got in free agency. Like all these guys, he didn't spend huge draft capital on. Um, so you would not anticipate that they would be like, th- like they need, they need offensive line help way more than they need. Especially now. Yeah. Is- particularly now, you know, when we were talking about the chiefs last week, I didn't even, I was sort of like glossed over it. I was looking at, it, I was like, man, it looks like Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher are cut candidates in my head. And I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod. Cause we it was- talked about it and I was like, Oh, Achilles injury. That'll be an eight or nine month thing, which, you know, which is always what my, my go-to. It's a, it was a four day thing. Cause then they cut. Him. Oh no, we did talk about it. Cause breach was like, they might not be able to cut him cause of injury stuff. Breach said, Oh, we'll trade a third round pick for uh what's his face out of Jacksonville. Taste, taste him Hill. He'd be fine. <laughs> DJ, DJ Chark. No, the quarterback. What's his name? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> yeah. Gardner. Breach. What are you thinking? Here, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard him say. The madness is upon us, and the Ion College Basketball Podcast is your audio guide for the entire NCAA tournament. Over the next few weeks, Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander will take you from Selection Sunday to the net cutting in Indianapolis. This week, they'll help you fill out your bracket and then provide recaps after each day of action as the tournament tips off. You with the best March Madness analysis. Subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast anywhere you find this. And Wilson, did you hear uh, uh, Matt Norlander's seven-minute intro? Where he cut? <laughs> yes, I heard it because he sent out forty tweets it, about it. Forty tweets of photographs that I couldn't make out what it was, and as an angry old person, it, it infuriated me that I couldn't figure out what was going on. So Norlander did like a super cut of like everything being canceled last year. It was kind of cool to hear it, although he did use his voice like seventeen times. It was oh, all. He, yeah, it was. It was like all. It was all CBS Sports HQ. So I mean, it ended up being him and Paris talking a lot, but it was just wild to hear you know, all these cancellations happening, you know, it, it, back then it was just like, Oh my, like what is happening? What is happening? And now, you know, with some, you know, years worth of perspective, it's a little easier to, to sort of think back on, but I mean, it, it, the whole thing just crazy. And is, so, uh, NC state making the NCAA tournament. Like I literally, I haven't followed anything. I haven't followed one second of college basketball. No, we're not making it. Oh really? You're worse than Duke. Um, Duke's not making it. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Who's worse. No, Duke was worse than us. Oh, okay. Did yeah, you beat Duke? Duke? Duke had to play. Uh, Duke had to play. Do we beat Duke? Duke had to play on Tuesday in the ACC tournament. Tuesday, <laughs> first time in their history, I believe. Wow. Um, uh, oh, we haven't had as we talk. Well, they haven't done the the announcement yet, right? Uh, no, we record this at five o'clock. At six o'clock, Selection Sunday will be on. If you're streaming this, make sure and check out Selection Sunday on CBS Sports. The Illini and Ohio State are playing in the uh, big uh, the uh, the Big Ten final that leads directly into um, the Selection Sunday action. Any other uh, any other thing that's worth talking about from your? Oh yeah, the Buccaneers taking Travis Etienne. That's fun. Yeah, his pro day he ran a four four. Which you know that's about right. So yeah, that I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with playoff Lenny. I don't think you bring playoff Lenny back. What are you paying him? Uh five million. I mean, they have so they got. I, I wouldn't pay him five million. I mean, they got Levante David under contract. Shaq Barrett commented about on Tom Brady's Instagram when he restructured his contract about coming back. So it sounds like he'll probably be back. Um, I don't know. It feels like it feels like there's a good chance that that they can bring back whoever they want. They have Chris Godwin franchise tagged. I just think I, I I would rather draft ETN at 32 than pay oh, no. playoff Letty. Yeah, five million for that. I was thinking four yeah. million before I yeah. No, that's a lot. Yeah. Now, if Lenny wants to come back and play for cheap, then that's fine. You can you know you don't need to draft a running back in the, in the first round. I mean, that's and they have Keyshawn Vaughn, who you know he got in trouble because he couldn't hold another ball, and Bruce Arians isn't down with that. But and Ronald Jones too, like Ronald Jones fumbled and, a bunch and was injured. But I mean, they he he's played well, and I think. 
you know, I don't. We'll see. But I, I don't. I don't necessarily hate that. Uh, and then Dan can block and he can catch, so that helps Tom Brady. That's right. Um, all right, that, that does it for me on the questions of the mock draft. Anything else you want to add? No, that's it. I didn't give the Eagles a quarterback, so. Um, Debo kept his yap shut. Well, Eagles fans don't have to yell at me this week on Twitter. I'm sure. So wait, so now they're mad that you didn't draft a quarterback? No, no, that, that's usually what they get angry about. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, I'm thinking nice. we're like two weeks away from the Trey Lance to the Eagles mock. Yeah. You know it's what's coming. funny? I will say this quickly. So there's uh, so, um, someone sent me this. I can't remember who it is. But uh, this guy named Andy Carlson does the Purple for the Win podcast. He's a Vikings fan. And every week uh, he, he grades my mock draft. And uh, <laughs> this, that's great. He's actually really nice, and, and I, I appreciate the fact that he's not just dunking on me the whole time. Uh, but he did say, probably a month ago now, that he predicts, because of the way these mock drafts go, I do it every week. I don't think anyone else outside of CBS does a weekly one. He said, I'm pretty sure Wilson's going to be the first guy to have someone other than Tra- Trevor Lawrence going number one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which that seems a, like an insult. Oh, it 100% is, but that gives you some indication of, uh, you know, even even when folks say it nicely, that people don't take me seriously. Uh, all right. Good stuff, Wilson, as always. Thank you. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.